What about Halloween? Is the title of the message. Halloween has become the second most um, popular holiday behind Christmas. Costume shops are busy, a lot of people, it's a time of fun. Um, they, uh, it's an evening of fun, you know, and some Christians are getting involved. You know, they might not, they don't want to be odd or different or they don't want to stand out, so they just see it as harmless fun and they'll go trick-or-treating and they like the candy and they like the jack-o'-lanterns and then there's some churches that are getting involved. You know, they, um, they don't see much harm in it. They have costume parties and they give prizes for the most outlandish uh, uh, costume and they put Halloween decorations up and you know, maybe not the ghost and the broomstick kind of thing, but they'll go trick-or-treating or at least they'll go trunk-or-treating, you know, when they, it's not safe for children to get all the candy, some people are gonna lace it and put knife blades in it, so they'll go trunk or treating. They'll put the children, they'll go in the church parking lot and they'll go around. Children will go from trunk to trunk and then they'll get their candy. And uh, then there's some other Christians that maybe question this and they say, you know, where, where they question its history and they say, where does this come from? They question the nature of it. They question the influence that it has on people. You know, Halloween is a time when there's, when there's a spirit of of cain raising a spirit of uh, evil you know with the the smashing mailboxes and the soaping of windows and 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 the uh lighting fires and trash can lighting fires they see the witches and the haunted houses and the skeletons and the evil masks and they they say well this is associated with satan is this for the child of god the bible says that we are to abstain from all appearance of evil so instead of asking what's wrong with it, maybe we should ask what's right with it. You know, some people say, well, Christmas, you know, they say that's tied to a pagan holiday and the date's not right, um, you know, and, and maybe the date isn't right when we celebrate Christmas, but there is a reason that we celebrate Christmas and it's because of the birth of Jesus Christ. There's a reason we celebrate Easter because it's the most monumental event in history the resurrected Lord Jesus. But Halloween is Satan's, hol uh, Satan's holiday. It's a holiday when witches exalt witchcraft. So e evil is in the very fabric of Halloween. So the question is, should a Christian participate in Halloween? Yeah, what about Halloween? <clears throat> is, it, is it a harmless, to observe Halloween, or is it a dangerous practice to be avoided? Now, I will say this, uh, this I, I was working on a different message, and, uh, and you may say, might say, well, why, why, why you preach about this? And I, I did have a different message in, in, in gear, and I was uh, just, the Lord just impressed this on me twice, and I just felt like, uh, you know, this, something we don't preach every, every Halloween, but I think there's a lot of age groups here and, uh, and a lot of different um, uh, backgrounds and such. And, and I just would like to expose the evils of Halloween and the occultic practices that's tied to it. We wanna see Halloween for what it is and expose it. The Bible says that have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. So this morning we wanna look at what the Bible says about Halloween or specifically the works of darkness associated with Halloween. So <clears throat> I want to look at this morning, we want to look at the, um, 
uh, four things or five things. First, we're going to look at the spiritual warfare. I would like to give a picture of what the, war the spiritual warfare looks like in the background. Then I want to give a little bit of the history of Halloween and... Uh, then I'd like to look at some of the customs and the practices and how it is tied into some occultic practices. And then we're going to look at nine things that God says are an abomination to him. And then I'd like to end on a positive note looking at our resurrected Lord Jesus. So the war, it's a raging war going on. There's a God uh, and God is all good. There's, a, there's Satan and he is all bad. You know that God has a lot of his attributes and uh, this is just a, a summary of them. He's holy, he's just, he's loving, he's merciful, long-suffering, and the list could go on and he is all good. He is a good God. And we have Satan on the other hand that is all bad and his attributes are, uh, the Bible actually gives him names for us to know what, his, what he's like, what describes him, who he is. He's a liar, he's a deceiver, he's an accuser, he's a roaring lion, he's an angel of light, and the list, that's the... So we see the picture here. Satan is, was thrown out of heaven, a third of the angels go with him, and, uh, and there's a spiritual warfare going on. They, they're, the Satan and his angels, their destiny is, is fixed. They're going to the lake of fire. And this, there's... Uh, so all of us have a choice whom we're going to serve. You know, God, are we going to serve God or are we going to serve Satan? Satan wants us to give our allegiance to him. He does not want us to give our allegiance to, uh, to God. So Satan is just getting back at God for being thrown out of heaven. So he's going to try to get us. There's a spiritual warfare going on that we can't see. That's behind the scenes. And uh, so Satan is going to try, so he's going to try to get us to uh, get our allegiance to him. So if he can't, and he does that by getting us to disobey God. If he can't get us to disobey God, he'll try to keep us out of the word, keep us from praying. He'll keep us from maybe not getting excited about God. Just uh, God wants us to go 100% with him. Maybe Satan is just going to try to get us to go 50% or 60%. And so whether it's a little bit of conforming to the world or all out Satan worship, as we're going to see this morning, Satan's goal is to get the allegiance of man to him instead of God. And he's getting back at God. He don't care about us. He's just getting back at God. So that's the warfare that is taking place. And the Bible says to whom we obey, that's who we're giving our allegiance to. Whether of, uh, it's who we obey, whether it's uh, righteousness unto to God or sin unto death. So so let's look at now the, the, some of the practice. Where did Halloween come from? Let me back up. And where did Halloween come from? <clears throat> so this holiday goes back before Christ's birth to the Celtic people from France and Ireland and Britain. It was a Celtic festival of Samhain. Uh, these Celtic religious leaders, were, or their priests, they were called Druids. So the festival was in honor of Samhain, and he was the Lord of the dead the prince of darkness and it was a halloween halloween is a festival of the dead and and it's very true if we we don't have to go far from here we can see it's all about death skeletons skulls corpses death 
As Christians, we know the Lord of the living, not the God of the dead. We celebrate Jesus that was risen from the dead. Jesus rose victorious and said, I am alive forevermore. So they believed in the Samhain was the, the controlled the cold and the darkness of winter. And this, uh, the Celtic New Year began November 1st. It would be so October 31st would be like the, our New Year. So that was their... Uh, so it was a three-day festival of the dead. Now these Druids believed that Sanhim released the spirits of all who died the last year to roam the earth one last time before their final destiny. So they would return to their former homes and visit the living. And if the living didn't provide food for them, all kinds of terrible things would happen. So the original purpose of the holiday was to let unclean spirits run wild one last time before their eternal destiny. For them, they thought it was their druid heaven, but the Bible says there's heaven and there's hell. During the festival, all kinds of activities were said to have occurred. Sacrifices were made, human sacrifices, child sacrifices. Then later they got more civilized and they used black cats and horses and oxen. Bonfires were built to ward off spirits. The dead were rose and wandered. Divination and soothsaying were practiced. It was fairies, witches, goblins uh, harassed the people around the countryside and the Druids demanded a contribution of food to support their diet. That's where we get trick or treat. So the people, uh, they dressed up as demons or as half dead. <clears throat> when, when people dress up like demons or half dead, and they go and knock on doors and say trick or treat, they're following the examples of the ancient Druids. And we can see this traced right back. All sources agree that this is where it came from. So there was a, an effort to Christianize it, just like Constantine tried to Christianize everything. And uh, in AD 830, 837, Pope Gregory IV instituted All Saints Day and All Hallows' Eve. And that was where we get Halloween. So that's in 837 AD. And, you know, I don't know all the motives behind that. You know, was it a, uh, was it a, in hopes of, of replacing the pagan holiday with a Christian holiday? Uh, maybe you have a half pagan holiday, but the, the, you look at the fruit, you know, the fruit during the Middle Ages, we see the fruit uh, it only increased, witchcraft increased, and the worship of Satan himself. And today we have a renewed interest in Satan worship. And I'd like to just look at that a little bit later. So Halloween is the chief holiday of Satanists and who practice witchcraft. And then in 988 AD, All Souls Day was introduced. And that was to pray for the dead saints who died in the last year, praying them into heaven, where the, I, the purgatory, uh, and the Bible does not support purgatory at all. And in the 1800s, we see the uh, Irish and the Scots, they brought this to America, and this fruit that we see around us today that's increasing can all be traced back to these Celtic, this Celtic festival. So I have a question, <clears throat> which side does it fit on? Which side does it fit on? If we looked at the, at the uh, you know, in spiritual things, there's no common ground. Uh, 
There's no common ground. They're they're, these two are they're opposing forces. It's like two magnets. If you put the opposite ends together, they will not go together. They will not go together. One will push the other away. And if you try to mix the two, it will, will not work. So the question I have is, who is getting glory from this holiday? It's definitely, we would have to agree that it's definitely not on God's side. It's satanic origins. Now let's look at what some of the things that they did, some of the practices, and then what the Bible says about it. Some of the practices, number one is they had bonfires. So, you know, this is the, the evil spirits were roaming the countryside, so they would light a bonfire to keep them away, to keep them away. And we know in the Old Testament, the pagans used bonfires. They used fires to worship their false gods. Now, I'm not saying it's, and the warning was, we'll be looking at that, the warning that God gave to them not to do these things. One of them was for their sons and daughters were not to pass through the fire to Molech. Now, it's not wrong to sit around a campfire and sing songs, and, but it's, it's a, it, this was connected to their Celtic practices. Costumes, dressing up, disguising themselves. Now, there's nothing wrong with dressing up like a pilgrim in a school play. But it's how they're dressing up. They're dressing up like demons, and they're dressing up like the things they're afraid of, like that's going to protect them. Uh, and it's interesting, I never thought of it before until I was studying this, that Saul, we're gonna be looking at, Saul went, when he went to the witch of Endor, he disguised himself. He disguised himself. Trick or treat. So these spirits would be roaming around in the countryside. If you couldn't keep them away, you'd give them a treat. They believed that these druids would get rid of spirits for you, so they would treat them so they wouldn't harm you. And then they would move on. So, and if you didn't treat them, then it's the trick, trick or treat. They'd play a trick. They would bring harm. They'd have a threat. And it's like extortion. Give me something or else. That was the ancient druids that did this. So, so you could ask the question, you know, what am I supposed to do if trick-or-treaters come to my door? Well, we lived on the farm, and I never, I never had, so had, we never had trick-or-treaters at home when I grew up. And today, where we live, I, we don't have them in the long lane. I, don't, I never had any come to our door. But what do you do? Some of you probably do. What do you do? Well, maybe one thing you could do is keep your light off, porch light off. You know, if the light's off, will they come in? And maybe you can put a track in the bag. Maybe you can put a Bible in the bag. Jack-o'-lanterns is another thing that's very uh, common over this time, jack-o'-lanterns. Originally, it was turnips, and then later pumpkins, hollowed out with a candle inside, and probably an evil-looking face, a death mask. You know, it was a lantern to scare off the ghosts and the goblins and the evil spirits that were wandering that night, and they believed there was a demon inside called Jock, later changed to Jack. Witches, witches is a big thing. You know, there, you probably saw signs, all witches fly north. There's two, not too far from here. All witches fly north. You know, the Bible says, in the Old Testament, it was the death penalty was given to someone that was a witch. A lot of other things too, but the death penalty was for a witch. Now we're living in the New Testament, so it's not it's wrong today. Like the Salem witch hunts, where they would 
chase them down. And, you know, we're living in the New Testament. God will judge. But witches practice witchcraft. You know, when you see posters of witches on broomsticks across the moon, what does that mean? That means it depicts this, this, them on their way to the special Sabbath service for the worship of Satan. So the whole concept behind Halloween involves death, darkness, deception, pagan rituals, Satan himself. Now there's a verse uh, in Leviticus that says, and if you want to turn to a place in your Bibles a while, you can. And um, Deuteronomy 18 is where we're going to really park. Deuteronomy 18, verse 9. But I have this verse up here in uh, Leviticus 19:31. It says, Regard not them that have familiar spirits, neither seek after wizards to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. I am the Lord your God. This verse in Leviticus 31. It says, don't consult a familiar spirit. Don't consult an unclean spirit. See, that's what witches do. They consult the unclean spirit, the familiar spirit, the unclean spirit, the spirit of devils, uh, demons. It's, all the, it's in the same package. And, uh, you know, when, when Saul when Saul's was disobedient to God, God wouldn't hear him anymore. And so he went to the witch at Endor. He went to the witch at Endor. He, was, he had problems and he was trying to get answers for his problems. And, and he, instead of repenting and turning back to the true and living God, he went to the witch at Endor. He chose the, the powers of darkness, of the occult. And he, he died the very next day. But he, he did, he went to this, you know, the witches consult the familiar spirit. It was a medium and uh, so but the Bible says here, don't consult. To the children of Israel, God said very clearly, don't consult a familiar spirit. And that's what witches do. And it's and why? Because I am the Lord your God. I am the Lord your God. He's, God is telling them, and he's telling us, don't go there when you can come to me. Half of this verse, if you look at that verse, the one half is the do, thou shalt not. And the other half is, because I am the Lord your God. It's what he is. He's bigger and he's better. And he's saying, can I give you a whole lot more? Um, don't, you know, what do we see when we look at that? Do we just see the thou shalt not? It's not like God's taking something from us, that good from us that we're gonna have a hard time doing without, but rather he's pointing out something that he can offer us that's so much better. And, that, and because of that, we should just be willing to give that up willing to give that up. Now I would like to tur turn to uh, Deuteronomy 18. Here's where we have the nine things that are an abomination to the Lord. Nine things that are an abomination that he declares uh, that he hates. And uh, in De Deuteronomy 18 in verse 9 <clears throat> it says, when thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of the nations. And in verse 10, 11, it says, Thou shalt not be found any among you that maketh his son or daughter to pass through the fire that uses divination or observer of times or an enchanter or a witch or a charmer or a consulter with familiar spirits or a wizard or a necromancer. For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. 
And because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out before thee. And there we have it again. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. So here we have nine things that God says. He says, there shall not be any uh, found among you any that. And number one, that passes through the fire. That passeth through the fire. It was a pagan practice that the people that were there in the land practiced and they did some of the most horrible things. Most horrible things. So, and God said, I don't want any of your sons or daughters to pass through the fire. He says, I hate that. And he says, I don't want any one of you using divination. Divination is talking to spirits. You know, that back then it was a good time in the, the time of the Druids. These spirits were running wild and the Druids uh, would come with an offering and they would, they would come to them with an offering and ask them about their future. And that is what div divination is. It's fortune telling. Telling the future. Being able to tell the future by magic or any supernatural power. Some of them use tarot cards. Some of them use tea leaves. Some of them use a crystal ball. It's in the same package, divination. And God says, I hate it. You know, in Acts 16, we have an account of a girl that was, had, a, had, a, had a spirit of divination. And the Bible says in that same verse that she was a soothsayer. That's the same thing, a soothsayer. They would go to her and they would pay money and 90% of it went to the owners and 10% to her or whatever it was. That was, I mean, they, they were very upset when she, had, when she couldn't tell the future anymore because of the money, not because of her. But then she would tell them their future. She was connecting with, the, she was the medium. She was connecting to the spirit world, occultic powers. And today, fortune telling is big business. Observer of times is another thing that God says he hates. And that's simply astrology, astrology, the horoscope, zodiac signs, signs. You know, it, it, it's divine information about human affairs by studying the movements and the positions of celestial ob objects. And if you go to the stores, the magazine racks are full of this stuff. And I imagine there's lots of websites that are that are available as well. But according to the Bible, the Christian has no business going to astrology or going to the fortune teller to get advice. We have the word of God, we have God, and we have the Holy Spirit, and we are to seek him for our guidance, not from the occultic powers. An enchanter, an enchanter is a magician. A magician is somebody that practices occult magic. Outside, it's an outside power greater than a human being. You know, anything that's, that's, anything that's miraculously outside of scientific, it's either comes from, it's either a miracle from God or a work of Satan. And an enchanter is, is someone that works occultic magic. Now there's a difference between sleight of hand and you know, playing tricks with the cards and such, you know, but we're talking about occult magic. This is real stuff. And then it talks about a witch. 
and I'll put, I put right in there a wizard as well with it. You know, a wizard is a male witch. Um, it has the male condemnation, but the definition of a wizard is a sorcerer having magical power with the aids of spirits. You know, there's no such thing as a good witch. You know, the Bible had the death penalty for the witch. All witches are evil, and they're connected to an evil power. So, you know, in our, our, our movies and cartoons, you know, they, 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 they give the idea that, that, that you, there's a good witch that will come and help you when you're, when, you're, when you're in trouble. No. All witches are connected to the wrong spirit. There's no such thing as a good witch and a bad witch. They're all bad. So we don't go to the witch because we have Jesus Christ and we have the Holy Spirit. And then we have a charmer. A charmer is someone who influences people by magic. These are a lot of the intertwined here, but they're by casting spells, an influence of power over an individual. And you see this in so innocent Hollywood movies and cartoons, you know, that this is, this is real stuff that is not to be part of the Christian. Or a consulter of familiar spirits. In another word, it's the soothsaying. So it's asking counsel or information from other spirits. We have to remember there's only good spirits and evil spirits. Anything that's not from God automatically comes from the devil. And then we have the necromancer. The necromancer is, is the first part, necro is the dead and the mancer is the communication, one who speaks with the dead. You know, they believed that, that someone who died and, and would have greater knowledge than someone that's here because they would be in the, uh, in the afterworld, they would, they would have greater knowledge. And you know, when Saul went to the witch at Endor and called up Samuel, that was necromancing. Saul went to the witch. I mean, Saul didn't hear from the Lord anymore, so he went to the witch. And Saul made mistakes before that that God wouldn't hear from him. And then he went to the witch and called up Samuel, and that was necromancing. So necromancing is, is that usually it's a, the person is, a, is not the actual person. You know, I've, in, in, in uh, Cherry Creek, I've heard it many times where they say uh, that, you know, they heard Grandpa talk to them, or Grandpa came in the room and, and turned the radio on, and, and, and it's a demonic impersonation. I don't believe it's the actual Grandpa, it's a demonic impersonation. Now, this could have been different here with the count of Samuel when Saul, uh, when the, the witch of Endor called up uh, Samuel, because the Bible says that Samuel said, and maybe God intervened here, I don't know, but, but the, this is real stuff that we don't mess with. Saul knew that he was not supposed to go there, but in, he, instead of repenting and turning to, the, to God, he, 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 uh, he chose the, the dark occult uh, go, going to the witch at Endor. You know, the Bible uses the word sorcery. In Revelation, it says that all sorcerers will have their part in the lake of fire. Sorcerer is sort of the general word, the general word. You know, the word, in Galatians, it has the witchcraft. It's, it's translated witchcraft. 
in the works of the flesh, that all that do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So this word witchcraft, this is, sorc is sorcery is the general word. It includes the abuse of drugs. The dr using drugs is in captured in this word sorcery. You know, the, uh, the, the Ephesians, the Ephesians in Acts 19, when they got right with God, they burned this stuff. They burned all the books that contained this, that taught how to do this stuff. And God calls it a work of the flesh. Now, God did not want his people to get involved with this stuff. God said to them, this is in Deuteronomy 18, verse 9, says, When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of these nations. God made it very clear, they do that, you don't do that. In verse 12, it says, For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. Because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out before, before thee. You know, they were, to, they were to destroy this stuff. And we know that they didn't obey in full. And in the Bible, as the Bible says, in the process of time, when it looks, talks about the kings, in the process of time, they went from, went from king to king to king, and they picked up these things and these practices, and they did them. And they did some of the most horrible things. God said, don't do it, and they turned around and, and by not driving them out completely, they ended up doing these things. And the Bible records Manasseh as the most wicked king. And it names, it's a, it, in, and I don't think we'll turn to it, Second Chronicles 33. It actually names the things that we were just looking at that, that, that uh, he taught the people, that he led the people, and he was labeled as the worst king. In, uh, in verse 14, if you have your Bibles there, in verse 14, Deuteronomy 18, verse 14, But as for thee, the Lord thy God hath not suffered thee to do so. God does not want his people to get involved with this stuff. And we have a New Testament warning as well. Paul says, In the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. There we have the New Testament parallel. The seducing spirits, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And in verse 13 it says, Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. And there we have that again. You know, it's not, it's not just the thou shalt not, but it's because thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. You know, if we have God, if we have our Bible, if we have our church family, you know, why would we meddle with this stuff? We don't need witches, we don't need wizards, we don't need fortune tellers if we have Jesus and if we have the Holy Spirit. And in verse 12 there, uh, verse 12 it says, The day that do these things are an abomination to the Lord. Because of these abominations, God did drive them out. And God says they're an abomination. An abomination is the strongest word for hate. God says, I hate it. It's like he's shouting it. I hate it. And you know what God has declared an abomination will always be an abomination. What God said something is an abomination in the Old Testament, it's an abomination in the New Testament. Why? Because God never changes. God never changes. And why is it abomination? 
I believe it's because it turns people away from the true and living God, turning us away from him. It says, I am the Lord thy God. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. Uh, In, in uh, Jeremiah, we see we have a verse here, and there's lots of prophets that talked about this subject. We can turn to Isaiah, Jeremiah, just a couple for sampling here. Learn not the way of the heathen. God says, I mean, through Jeremiah, don't, don't do the things of the heathen. Don't do them. And the verse we already looked at is abstain from all appearance of evil. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Well, getting back to Halloween again and this, all of this stuff. Well, can we do it in fun and make-believe? Can we just do it in fun and make-believe? It's not for real. Well, but God knows what we should do and he tells us. He tells us. You can't get involved in satanic practices without certain dangers of being deceived by him. You know, the New Testament warning in 1 Timothy there is the seducing spirits. And I think that's what we're seeing today. The, sed the seducing spirit. Look at the example of the children of Israel. To participate in the celebration of Halloween, I believe, is to give an open invitation to the forces of Satan. To give more influence in our lives. Giving room for the devil. You know, what the Druids did back in that day was not fun and make-believe. What happens in some of the third world countries in Haiti and, and wherever... Is the, the witchcraft, the witch doctors, and that is not done in fun and make-believe. It's real stuff. And I don't think these things can be a part of us if we want the power of God working in our lives. Now, I'm not, we're not trying to discount the work of evil powers. You know, what we're concerned about this morning is for, if people think it's not real, or a fun thing, or a play thing. You know, what's behind this is nothing to be played with. Nothing to be played with. There's two extremes when we look at the, uh, let's go back to this one, keep this up for a little bit, and let's just keep this in mind as we go through this. There's two extremes when we think about the, the Satan side. Two extremes, this kingdom, Satan's kingdom. The first extreme is, you know, to see Satan behind every bush. You know, every problem we have is Satan's fault. Uh, we get over-involved in studying Satan. We think every problem is a demon that has to be cast out. And a lot of times, you know, uh, it's just sin. Sin is what builds strongholds. But the other extreme is to believe that spiritual warfare doesn't exist. It's a, we're, we're in a playground. This is not a war. This is a, this is a playground. We can play around. And that's wrong. We don't have to be afraid of Satan. Satan is defeated. He's defeated. The victory is won. Jesus won the victory. And Satan can only do what God allows him, according to Job. We have the account of Job. Satan's like a dog on a chain. He can only go as far as God lets him. But we have to be wise as serpents, and we cannot be ignorant of his devices. And we are warned not to get too curious about him because the battle is real. You know, we don't have to be afraid, but we need to be aware. We need to be aware. And, and I think that we need to submit. You know, the Bible says, submit to God and then resist the devil and he'll flee from you. So the solution is the submitting on this side. 
Staying close to Jesus. He's the one that won the victory over him. We need to hide behind Jesus. And he needs to be the, uh, uh, he's the one that can, can uh, we need to, it's in the name of Jesus. It's in the name of Jesus that the, the blood of Jesus. You know, Satan is on, Satan worship is on the rise. 50 years ago, there was a, um, an organized church of Satan. And he wrote a satanic Bible, 1969. Today, there's a much stronger movement in place. I mean, they have, they're, they're a lot more vocal, they're a lot more aggressive, they're a lot more organized, and they, uh, they have a satanic temple. And they build it in Salem, Massachusetts, the, the, the witch town. And there's a film, there's a documentary, it's called Hail Satan. And they have the uh, Statue of Liberty with a goat head, with a demon-looking goat head with horns on it as their statue. Now, and I didn't look at this film. I just read a uh, news article on it. But this person that, that wrote, that was in the film, this Jez Blackmore says, if you're godless, free-thinking, and a rebel, you're a Satanist, whether you like it or not. And they boast that this movement is in its infancy and it's growing by leaps and bounds. And we can look at our uh, Harry Potter, modern day Harry Potter. He claims to be a wizard, going to wizard school that teaches witchcraft. Open, hiding it, no bones about it, just not, not, not trying to disguise it or be in deceit. And these children are buying the books hook, line, and sinker. They read them, they reread them, they reread them, and there's books, there's 500 million books sold. And they, you know, you think about, this is the same type of thing that they burned in Ephesus. The curious arts that they burned were the books how to do the stuff. And now they can go to websites, they teach children how to go to websites. You can buy a book, Soothsaying for Dummies. Witchcraft is on the rise. Movie, the first movie came out, record attendance. The first movie was called Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Sorcerer, hiding nothing. And the sad thing is they take the Bible out of schools and it's getting into schools. It's a religion that's teaching witchcraft. Harry Potter has a mark on his forehead of a lightning bolt. And the Bible says, that I beheld Satan fall from heaven as lightning. Witchcraft is on the rise. And what I'm saying is, I hope we saw God's heart. Witchcraft is not for the child of God. It's nothing to play around with. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. You know, if we play around with, I never saw a Ouija board. I don't even know what one looks like. But if there be anyone that would have a Ouija board, they need to burn it. And if you know somebody that has one, you convince them that they have to burn it. And they have to renounce it. We don't play around with the horoscope. These are things that God hates. We don't go to the witch. We don't go to the fortune teller. We don't do that because God hates it. You know, first comes the dabbling and then the seducing. You know, we um, last last year we had the opportunity to be in to go over to Switzerland, and I 
you know, you know, Europe is known to be, be more atheist than, and America's becoming the same way. But Europe is ahead of us and they're known to be atheist. And I, I, we were at a church, somebody told us that you can go, in, in, in Switzerland you can just walk in churches, they're unlocked, and, and we did that. And I met up with this pastor from Switzerland there, and we, we talked a while in his church, bigger church than this. Then we got to talking about how, how full, I mean, how uh, attendance is, and, and he, he hardly could tell me, but yeah, he said he only has a couple benches, people. The churches are empty, but the fortune tellers are busy. The German businessmen will go to a fortune teller before they make a business deal. This stuff is, is, is very, very prevalent. It's, uh, it's, it's, the Bible says, learn not the way of the heathen. Learn not the way of the heathen. Now, I have a question. As I was studying this and I, and I wondered, why, why, isn't, why aren't witches frightening in America? You know, and you go to a pagan culture. Now, I've never been to Haiti. I've been to, um, I've been to uh, the, the uh, Native Americans and their Lakota. You see a lot of fear. And, but where this stuff is practiced heavily, uh, there's fear. There's great fear. And here, witches are funny. Instead of being feared, they're embraced. And why, is, why is a witch a funny thing in America? You know, you go down to Disney World and they have a, a king, a, one of the parks called Magic Kingdom. And there's a movie that has a, a witch named Endora, Witch of Endor. It's like this is cute and funny. The Bible doesn't portray it that way at all. And we saw the verses where God says he hates this stuff. So why is it that there's a... Uh, why is it that this can be such embraced like it, there's, that's so harmless? I think it's the deception of our age. The deception. It's, uh, it's seducing spirits. Seducing spirits. So there's a spiritual warfare going on. There's a spiritual warfare, and it's real. It's real. And it's not a battlefield. It's a battlefield, not a playground. And Satan knows his time is short. Some verses here, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? Getting back to Halloween. All Halloween is, is about death, darkness, deception. And I believe Halloween can desensitize us to the devil and the spiritual fight that we're in. And we see the rise of, of the participation in Halloween. We could say, well, what's wrong with it? Well, everything's wrong with it. What, there's, not one, there's not one redeeming virtue in it that I can find. I think it's time to expose it for what it is. It's a ritual for the occult. Now, I'm not saying if you put candy in a trick-or-treater's bag, it's worshiping the devil or making you a witch. But I think that we have to, I do believe that it's dishonoring to our, our Lord and Savior uh, when he came he came to destroy the works of the devil. That's what he came to do, to destroy that. I see nothing in Halloween that would bring glory to God. Uh, everything that we do needs to bring glory to God. If we participate, I believe Satan laughs because he's getting the glory.
It's a holiday for him. And if we ignore the festival, if we ignore it, we're ignoring Satan. You know, the, the fellow that wrote the Santanic Bible said this, at least Christians worship Satan one night a year. And I hope he's not talking to us. For Christians to celebrate Halloween makes as much sense as Russia celebrating the 4th of July. So who am I gonna give respect to? You know, God is jealous. God is jealous. He wants us, he wants our allegiance. He wants us 100%. He doesn't want us 50%. He doesn't want us 60%. He wants us 100%. This Halloween season, let's, let's say it like Paul said it, you know, but God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord Jesus Christ. We need the glory in nothing but our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus died, he was crucified, he died, but he rose again. Halloween is a, is a, a holiday of death. For Christians, we serve a risen Savior. Jesus said, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen, and have the keys of death and hell. I am, he, I, would, I am he that liveth. Jesus is alive. We serve a risen Savior. Um, and we need to give our allegiance to him. Let's remember the way we give our allegiance. It's, it's whom we obey. It's whom we obey is to whom we are giving our allegiance. Whether of obedience unto righteousness or sin unto death. Let's stand together for a word of prayer. Jim, could you lead us in a closing prayer? Father in heaven, thank you so much for who you are and your precious word, which we stand on firmly. Thank you for the 